Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hey, it's Kim Commando today, your daily podcast to keep you up to date with all things digital and beyond. And I'd love to have you be a part of our podcast. You can make an appointment to speak with me. Just head over to commando.com, and on the top right, there's a button that says Email Kim. Fill that out, and that's it. I always like to start with something really fun. And if I had a time machine, I would zoom back and really buy some Bitcoin. That's for sure. Uh, Just this past week, Bitcoin turned 15 years old. Now, imagine buying just $5 of it 15 years ago. Just, Just five bucks. How much would that be worth today? Just guess. Say it out loud. Just guess. All right, let me give you a hint. Bitcoin's value has soared over three billion percent. Oh my gosh, that's right. Three billion percent. Uh, the token got its start in a white paper published under the name of Satoshi Nakamoto, and it pitched a novel idea at the time, peer-to-peer electronic cash, enabling payments, bypassing banks, financial institutions. It was, of course, the invention of the blockchain, totally anonymous. Now, back to that $5 gamble. How much do you think that would be worth today? Anybody? Anybody? $173 million. Wow. Isn't that crazy? But let me tell you, I would still be doing this show if I had that kind of money. Mm, Maybe not. Maybe not. Hey, on that happy note, you're about ready to get more tech smart because every single thing is now a tech thing. I'm Kim Commando, America's digital goddess here with you. It's the biggest show. It's the most trusted show. And I have two small requests. First up, if my show or podcast has ever given you that aha moment. Well, pass it on. Tell at least one person about the show and the podcast, a friend, a family member. And secondly, it's your turn to grab the mic. You know what that means. I want you to give me a shout by sending me a note over at hello at commando.com. Tell me your questions. Tell me you want what you want more of here on the show. And you can find us on over 420 top radio stations throughout the United States. It can also get us as a podcast, commercial free, as a webcast as well. Inside the Commando community, head over to commando.com and hit that big button that says Commando Community. And a big hello and salute goes out to all of our listeners on the American Forces Network radio, reaching over 375,000 U.S. service members serving in 175 different countries and 200 ships at sea. And our T-Mobile Unlimited listener line is now open at one 825 5254 is the way to join us. And if you're just too dang shy to come on a big-time show and podcast, I get that. You can drop me your questions by sending me that note, hello at commando.com, or filling out that form over at commando.com that says email Kim. And just for you, dear listener, I go to at least 35 different websites every single day to make sure that you and I are both up to date about the tech universe. And here are the top five things you need to know about tech right now. And there's been a lot of talk about regulating AI over the last year. Should we really do it? What's going on? Well, the U.S. government is finally stepping in. President Biden signed his first executive order requiring AI companies Google, Microsoft, AI, all the rest, share safety test data with the government. And here's what the regulators are going to be asking for. 
that developers of the most powerful AI systems share their safety test results, critical information, develop standards and tools to make sure that AI is secure and trustworthy, protect against the risks of AI being used to engineer dangerous biological weapons and find ways to protect Americans' privacy. I know, I know, I don't mean to be a cynic, but let's think about this. The government has done a horrible job, a terrible job controlling big tech, and AI is already on a completely different level. Uh, Moving on to number two, here's why there needs to be regulation, though. There's a new term for you, artificial general intelligence. So you have AI, but now we have AGI. So this way you know what that means. Artificial general intelligence. Think of it as AI that's so smart, it can do things just as well as a human can do, sometimes even better. We're not talking about just writing emails or composing a report. One of Google's AI founders, Shane Legg, made a bet on his blog over 10 years ago that by the year 2028, there would be a 50-50 shot that AI is going to be as smart or smarter than humans. And this week he confirmed, yeah, I'm going to stand by that 2028. Now, this guy's one of the world's top minds when it comes to AI. So OpenAI, Google DeepMind, Anthropic, and all the other big companies out there are working towards AGI. Sam Altman, the CEO of OpenAI, ChatGPT. Here's what he said about AGI. We face serious risk. We face existential risk. Wow. But yet he's still building it right? Company's worth, I don't know. I saw some crazy number like $90 billion or something like that. I mean, we are on a direct course building machines that can outperform, outthink us, and be programmed to do really horrible things. Yeah, I know. Sleep well on that. Let's uh, change gears a little bit. Let's move on to number three. A word of caution about the family jewels. Guys, you're going to want to listen up. Time to pay attention to your little swimmers. Over the last 50 years, average sperm counts have plummeted from 99 million per millimeter to 47 million. Now, there's a study that says there's a reason for this. Yeah, it's the device that you put into your pants pocket, your smartphone. Researchers from the University of Geneva started exploring if radiation coming from our phones might be throwing off the swimmers' uh, quality and quantity. A 13-year study, they rounded up a bunch of guys, and then they asked them about their phone usage habits. It turns out the more that the guys use their phones, the lower the sperm concentration seemed to be. So men who looked at their phone more than 20 times a day had a 21% less concentrated sperm count compared to those who barely touched their phone more than a week. So if you're trying to get pregnant, keep this in mind. Uh, Number four, hotels are making a big comeback. You know, as you make your travel plans for the holidays, uh, here's what's going on. Airbnb, Verbo, and the millions who have rented their homes, things are changing. We're opting mostly for hotels this holiday season. Why? Well, when Airbnb and Verbo first hit the scene, they were terrific. Cheaper hotels, great properties, but then came the horror stories. Way too many hidden cameras. Creepy host. Yeah, that story about the guy living in his attic when he rented out the whole house with all kinds of cameras around, that was scary. Another home infested with bats. 
Uh, there's more. Airbnb and Verbo host got greedy neighborhoods. They don't want them around. And so the prices have skyrocketed. And now with careful shopping, hotel rates are less expensive about three quarters of the time than either Airbnb or Verbo. And they're probably safer, too. You know, anytime I think of Airbnb, it just reminds me of that movie. I don't know why. The Shining. Think about this. The Shining. The whole plot of The Shining was a family's first Airbnb experience goes just terribly wrong. And finally, this coming in at number five is that Nostradamus or Homer Domus. Yes, The Simpsons. No stranger to making predictions that come true. The ending of Game of Thrones. Uh, how about Secret and Roy's Tiger Tech? Way back in 2000, they said that Donald Trump would be president and everybody laughed it off. So in this recent episode, did they predict the fall of Elon Musk and SpaceX? In this episode, a young, ambitious CEO marries Mr. Burns. For her birthday, she doesn't get a cake. She gets Twitter of the whole company. Now, here's where the prediction comes in. The episode says that Twitter was up for sale because the previous owner's self-driving Mars rocket just barges right into the International Space Station. So is it Elon Musk's SpaceX rocket that destroys the ISS? Mm, We're all wondering about that. Which reminds me, if the Simpsons entered the Witness Protection Program, what would Homer's alias be? That's right. If the Simpsons entered a witness protection program, what would Homer's alias be? Ready? John Doe. Ooh, that was a good one. All right, let me ask you a question. Would you ever get a brain implant? Now, if your answer is no, it's too weird, scary, whatever. I have a story that's going to make you rethink every single thing. We're going to, I'm going to introduce you to a woman by the name of Amber Pearson. She's 34 years old, and she has a brain implant called a neurostimulator. She says that it's virtually cured her of OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, and also epilepsy. Now, it sounds like it's science fiction, but the tech is really here. And Amber is also here to tell us all about it. So, Amber... Tell us a little bit about the implant and what it does. So I have an implant called an RNS. It's a responsive neurostimulator system. And it basically monitors your brain waves and watches for any um, abnormal brain waves. And when it finds them, it kind of gives a little... uh, pulse out to stop those waves and kind of set them back into a normal rhythm. And so I have epilepsy and OCD. And so it's basically watching those waves and putting things right. So what was life like before the implant? Oh my gosh, it was awful. I, I mean, my seizures, I had seizures anywhere to 10, 10 to 18 a month. Um, I sometimes I couldn't drive. I um, I would have grand malls every once in a while. When you have those, um, you can't drive for three months. Uh, I had uh, other seizures um, that aren't. You can still drive with those. I had those multiple times a month, but it's the grand malls that make you not uh, able to drive. And then the OCD just it controls your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. Uh, what were you trying to do before the implant to deal with all of your symptoms? 
I have been on so many medications. Um, I've been through therapies. Um, I did um, exposure therapy for OCD, which is uh, a regular therapy that a lot of people go through and it works for some, it doesn't for others, and it didn't for me. And so when did the idea of an implant, you know, no pun intended, come to mind? And I mean, how is it brought to your attention? Like this might be something, Amber, that we should try. So for my epilepsy, I had already had a lobectomy, which is kind of a regular thing for people with drug-resistant epilepsy. And uh, after that, I kept having seizures and I had a really big one that caused a cardiac arrest. Oh, jeez! And so my doctors were like, you know, what? let's let's keep, you know, let's see what else we can do. How would you feel about this RNS? Um, and they told me about how that works um, and that it was a deep brain stimulator. And I had heard about other deep brain stipulators helping OCD. And so I was like, well, you guys know that I have OCD. How would you feel about maybe getting this to work for both my epilepsy and my OCD? I want a twofer right here. I want a twofer. (laughs) I want a two for one. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so my doctors, you know, were kind of intrigued by that and they went with it. So what was the surgery like? You know, the surgery, it's hard to go with, you know, from me because nothing, I'm really easygoing. So nothing to me is big deal. Uh, I woke up and I was like, oh, this is great. It wasn't, it's not a big deal surgery. Um, You're out of the hospital typically within three to four days. It's not, it's not like they're removing anything from your brain or anything. How big it's is the? I was going to say, how big is this? How big is the implant, or how small? I don't know the exact dimensions, but it's like a little one inch by two inch uh, little stimulator that sits in your skull. Um, it's not like they go remove anything from your brain; it just sits in there. So, when did you first notice after you got the implant that like life is different? Yeah, so I definitely don't want anyone to think that this is instant. Uh, you know, it takes it takes programming. They they have to watch how you, you know, respond to it. And it's a lot of programming um, and reprogramming. So it took a few months to even notice symptoms getting better. And then from there, um, it would just month by month, I would see little things getting better and better. So I think it's really interesting. So just like regular people go get a checkup, I mean, you have to have your implant checked out and then they reprogram it. Does that require any effort on your part when they reprogram it? No, you just go in, you sit there, they put, they hook it up to their computer, which isn't no wires or anything. They just set something on your, their, your head and uh, they reprogram it. That's easy. It's a lot easier than drawing. So, so it's easier than drawing blood, right? Getting your it blood is. work done. Um, I sit and joke with them the whole time. It's a lot of fun. So, What's what's the cost of this surgery? You know, that's something I don't know. My insurance covered the whole thing. Which is beautiful. We love when insurance does that, right? We do. So if if anybody's listening or watching right now and they think, oh, you know, I don't think I could ever go through anything like this. And knowing that you are easygoing, because I can tell just by talking to you. (laughs) um, Should they be afraid? 
I really don't think they should. It was a simple surgery. And the thing about it is it's reversible. It's not something they're not removing anything. If they don't like it, they can turn it off. Amber, thank you so much for being here and, and sharing your story and um, continued good health to you. You know, there are other reasons why you might want to get this type of implant. Parkinson's disease. Uh, let's see, if you have tremors, they say it also helps with that. If you have Tourette's, you might want to ask your doctor about these uh, deep brain uh, implants. Uh, chronic pain, they say it could really be effective for that. Major depression, uh, bipolar disorder, Huntington's disease. So, you know, that's why I like to pass along these type of uses of technology because it really is really wonderful when we can use tech to really make our lives so much better. All right, let's talk about doorbell cams real quick. Amazon's Ring, they've struck up partnerships with almost 3,000 law enforcement agencies all across the United States. That means if a crime occurs near a home equipped with a Ring camera, police can totally ask for the footage, right? But you don't necessarily have the final say to this. If the police ask for your video, you do not have to give it to them. But if your videos are just out there hanging out in the cloud, Authorities have ways to snag them without your permission. They can either hit you up with a subpoena or a search warrant or invoke a federal law that makes it possible for them to grab the footage from manufacturers in times of emergencies. Now, there is a workaround just in case you want to keep everything to yourself. If you keep that footage local, own your own camera. They actually have to come to your door and ask for it or bring a warrant. So if you're not keen on sharing, you're going to want to skip the cloud storage. All right, coming up, we're going to talk about Siri and CPR and some Facebook ads that are spreading malware. And, of course, we have more of your phone calls and me, Kim Commando. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Let's talk about Siri and CPR. This is really important. If you don't remember how to do CPR, one of the worst things you can do is go onto YouTube and ask for directions on how to do CPR because they're going to show you a whole bunch of ads before you even see the instructions. And let's talk about Siri, though. Out of the 32 different voice assistant responses, you can you believe that only nine advised you to immediately call 911? So if you find yourself in an emergency situation, what you want to do is always call 911. Don't ask your smart assistant to do it for you because it's going to come up with a whole list of possible things. Okay. Just go ahead and do it yourself. All right. Let's see who's next. Uh, David in Atlanta, Georgia. Hey, good afternoon. How are you doing? Wonderful. Amanda, the pun stoppable pun master. <laughs> the pun master is here. You must get up. You must get my newsletters. I do. I do. <laughs> All right. You know what? I say, so whenever I look at the comments from the newsletters, I have to tell you, it's like, Love the jokes, love the jokes. And then somebody's like, I hate the jokes. Stop the jokes. And, of course. You know, it's like, all right, okay. It's just, I've got, you just have to like lighten up life sometimes. You know, it can't be Fox News all the time, all right? It just can't. You know, you, you have to be you. Exactly, exactly. Let, let the chips fall where they may. <laughs> so what's on your mind? Well, 
I think the the last major iPhone release, there was something in the advertising notes. I won't go so far as to say they were release notes about Apple Private Relay. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a new feature, uh, but since then, seems it's been out for a while. But my question was, is Apple Private Relay, what is it like compared to a third-party VPN? Is it as effective? Um, you know, why would you use one versus the other? You know, it's a great question because sometimes when I'm out and about and I'm on my MacBook or I'm on, on a plane or whatever it may be, uh, doing a speaking engagement, whatever, is that it will pop up and say, oh, Apple Private Relay has just been enabled to protect yourself and your privacy. And you're like, oh, thank you very much, right? But, you know, is it really doing the job? Um, the VPN works a lot like Private Relay. So the whole idea is that if you're on Private Relay or a VPN, is that it's going to, what, encrypt your data, right? Protect mm-hmm. protect your privacy. Make sure that you're not going to give uh, access to bad actors, your passwords or anything else that may be going back and forth. Uh, the problem with private relay is that it's made by Apple, right? <laughs> and because it's made by Apple and Apple makes great products, don't get me wrong, but it only works inside Apple products. So it's only going to encrypt and protect you when you're using say what Apple mail, right? Safari and Safari. Yes. Okay, so yeah. if that's all you're doing, then you're probably okay, uh, but it's never going to be as good as a full-blown VPN because the right. VPN will cover all traffic, everything that you're doing from your device. It's going to go through that VPN. It's going to be protected. It's going to be encrypted. So, you know, I think it's a great it's a great shot across the bow by Apple, but... You know, am I going to replace my VPN and only use private relay? What's that answer, David? No, absolutely not. No, we're not going to do that. Not at all. Um, So, you know, leave it turned on. It's not going to hurt anything. But just keep in mind, too, that you're want to use a a, you want to use a third party provider as your VPN. And of course, we recommend ExpressVPN here on the show. I've used it for years. Uh, If you go to ExpressVPN.com slash cam, full disclosure, they are an advertiser. Uh, is that you get three months free. But I will tell you that I've used ExpressVPN for so long, uh, and it is. It's it's a great VPN. It's easy to use, simple to use. Uh, one click, you're protected truly. Uh, and again, expressvpn.com slash Kim is the way to check it out. And David, thank you for your call. Speaking of VPNs, what do you call a VPN that isn't private? What do you call a VPN that isn't private? Are you ready for it? A proxy moron. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. Uh, Arlene in Fort Myers, Florida, you're up next. I'm confused about pass keys and and biometrics. I can't be the only person whose fingerprints don't take well. I mean, years of using acetone to take off nail polish. Even when I go and have fingerprints done for professional licensing, the police just stand there and shake their heads <laughs> because there's just not enough there to, to identify. And then with the facial recognition, I've had Galaxy phones. I've got these beautiful fold, mm-hmm. folds. And the two that I've had, I register. It says it takes it. But then when I go to open my phone, it doesn't recognize me. And I have to do that over and over again. It's annoying. Yes. So thank goodness it allows a PIN, but a PIN is not secure. That's that's only four digits. 
So what am I missing? If we have to go to biometrics, I'm I'm back to paper and pencil. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, you know, most companies are going to continue to offer some type of hybrid situation. Okay, So you're not, it's not going to be pass keys all or nothing. Uh, you know, pass keys are your biometrics, like you said, face, fingerprint. And the whole idea is that if somebody does a SIM swap and somebody gets your phone and they're trying to get into your bank account, they have the keys to the kingdom, right? Because they're getting those two-factor authentication codes. Now, if, if your passkey is tied to your biometrics so that in order for you to get that two-factor authentication notification is that you have to show your face or your fingerprint to your phone, then that's one way that we can avert the criminals from stealing everything in your bank account. Okay. Now, the fact that I'm not really sure why your Galaxy phone is not doing any type of facial recognition, just, you know, all for giggles. I, you know, probably encourage you to take it to the store or uh, make sure you have all the mm-hmm. updates and try again, because normally the, uh, that's pretty accurate. Uh, so there's probably something wrong with the tech. There's nothing wrong with your face. Okay. Because, uh, because they're, you know, that technology has, has really, um, has really just grown exponentially over the last, say, three years, even 18 months. And that now, for example, I mean, you know, on your iPhone, you can, you can be having, you have, can have a mask on, you can have sunglasses on, and it still recognizes that you are who you are. And so, oh. so I think that, that there's something going on with the galaxy uh, that you need to fix. Because, and also, you know, putting in this in, it was supposed to work, and this is what you paid for it. It should be working, right? For sure. So, so what exactly are you worried about? Well, it, it was just if I can't use those and if they eliminated passwords, then I would have no security. So, but you're saying that most of them are going to retain yeah, some they have form to. of password access. Yeah, at least, backup. yes, yeah. at least, yeah, they, they do. They have to have some type of solution because let's say, for example, like you said, the fingerprints, too much nail polish over the years or whatever mm-hmm. it may be mm-hmm. uh, that you right. have to have access. But, but the world is moving towards, thank God, away from passwords because I don't know about you, but I am so tired of passwords i am like done 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 uh that we can we we can move into biometrics and then also get more security along the way uh arlene thank you for your call i saw a stat the other day it said it would take about 47 hours to review the privacy policies of 96 of the most popular websites every single month wow 47 hours to read them all well Luckily, you know me, and I know the shortcuts, because who wants to go through Facebook and Instagram? They had the longest policies, by the way, almost 20,000 words. So here's what you want to do. Use the find trick. Control-F on your PC, Command-F on a Mac. Look for buzzwords like sell or partners or affiliates. Data collection. Find sections like how we collect your personal data. Pay attention to data usage. They're going to say how we use your personal information. Phrases like business purposes could mean that they sell it. Watch out for location tracking too, geolocation, geotargeting, and always, always, always protect the kids. Watch out for references of COPA or the Child's Online Privacy Protection Act. If you want to read more about this, we have all the tips over at commando.com. Just hit that button that says show picks.
If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Asu in Ocala, Florida. Glad to have you with us. Um, I wanted to ask you a question about something you had posted uh, in your newsletter relative to the ideas of security and and login information. And you had suggested to be fully secure, people should use either their fingerprint or their face print. And my question was, what do we do if that person passes away um, and we can't access any of their financial information, bank accounts, etc.? Yeah, and we are all moving towards biometrics. We are, because let's just face it, we're all tired of 12 to 16 characters, upper, lowercase, <laughs> symbols, gang sign, yes. whatever it may be. You know, you're just like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, make it stop. And then, you know, you know, the old joke is that, you know, you set your password to incorrect so that this way when you get right. your password, it says your password's incorrect. I mean, you know, it's all these different things that people are <laughs> trying to do. And so the whole idea behind the pass keys is that in order for you to open your phone, uh, maybe open a new account, change a password, is that you're going to have to show some type of biometric, either your face or your fingerprint, to your phone. And then that will authenticate you to that site or service or app that you are actually who you are. But what if that person is no longer living among us? Well, that's where we get into uh, what's called legacy contacts. And so Google has it, Facebook, Apple has it, Microsoft has it. A legacy contact is who you are going to say they will have access to your Apple ID when you pass away. Uh, Same thing with Google, same thing with Microsoft, Facebook, whatever it may be. In addition Mm -hmm. to that, you know, it sounds pretty archaic, especially because we're talking about all this digital stuff. But, you know, when my mom passed away, uh, I was the... Exeter of the estate and the will. And of course, I was a primary caregiver. So of course, it would be me and not my siblings, right? But one of the things that I found that was really nice is that my mom wrote everything out in details, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Do this, do this, do this, you know, give this Mm -hmm. to that, do this to that. And then the other thing that I found that was really helpful was a password book. I know, I know it's terrible to say but it was a book of all her accounts, her numbers, and her passwords. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so this way we're not relying on getting into system, two-factor authentication, you know. And I, so I had mm-hmm. access to her email account and to her phone and to her, and I was a signer on her Bank of America account, you know, all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. So I know this isn't happy thinking, but it's a necessary conversation yeah. to have. You know, also, if you don't want to do a password book, a password manager, but just make sure that that person knows what that master password is. So this way you can right. get into all the passwords. But it's, uh, but if you can ever share an account with somebody, I think that's, you know, that's always the best case. Um, and, you know, and as her caregiver, I knew most of her passwords anyway, quite frankly, um, because she was, she was, she was so funny. I mean, 
like when I asked her, cause she had to change all her passwords. And I said, you know, what's, what's your password? And I'm going to tell you what the whole password was, but she mm-hmm. fractured her hip. And so her password was hip crack. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> yeah. With all these numbers and exclamation points and all this other stuff. And I just thought that was the funniest thing. I'm like, of course your password would be hip crack, you know? So um, does that answer your question? Well, it does. I mean, as a review, I've already set up an Excel spreadsheet for, um, you know, our daughter that has all of our passwords and Mm -hmm. I I update that almost every month. Um, But you're saying that every major account, Facebook, et cetera, they all have a way for us to establish legacy. Yes, legacy context. You know what? Let me do this. Um, Let me write this up. Okay, I'll give this way. Mm-hmm. This one I'll give you all the links, uh, okay. and we'll go ahead and put that in a newsletter. Do you get the newsletters? Uh, oh my gosh, I look for them. Yes. Oh, thank you, Sue. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Although I think my husband got mad because I put our text exchange in the newsletter. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I don't know if you saw it, but it was like he's, he sent me like a text in all caps, like "You need to call me ASAP." And then me without right. thinking, I was at work. I wasn't even thinking. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh. And I was texting him on my computer. So I'm like, oh, I have to go get my phone. I think I left it in the truck. So I was like all getting up to go. And he's like, he texts me back. He goes, use the phone on your desk. You know, the one with the handle. I'm like, handle. yes. I'm like, oh, forgot about that one. Forgot about that one. So, so I'll write about it in the newsletters. And if you're not already getting our newsletters, uh, sign up right now while you're thinking about it. Head over to getkim.com. Once again, that's getkim.com. Five minutes or less every single day. You get TechSmart the easy way. I'm going to do all the hard work for you. And uh, it's just it's just fabulous. I mean, you get the tech news, security alerts, data breach alerts, you name it, and then something to make you smile at the end. And you can sign up over at getkim.com. It's always good to set up these legacy contacts, by the way. You know, speaking of Facebook, um, if you set up a legacy contact, they only have the ability to manage your profile. They can post tributes, update your picture, cover photo, and even respond to new friend requests. How do you get there? On your Facebook account, go to settings and privacy. And then under settings, again, they have um, like memorial settings. I think that's what it's called. And that's where you set up that legacy contact. All right, you're on Facebook. You see an ad of what looks like a naked gal. You can tell she is smoking hot. But the most interesting parts, well, they're kind of blurred out. But you're like, oh, gosh, I wonder how hot she is and I want to click. All right, you're not still falling for this, are you? Come on. Hackers are posting ads featuring blurry pictures of beautiful, naked young women. Their target, men over the age of 45. I mean, Come on, you guys should know better than this right now. Uh, They say about 100,000 victims have already clicked the misleading Facebook ads, downloaded what's called the node stealer malware. Basically, it gives the hackers access to your credit card details, your cookies, all of your social media accounts, and you can't beat them either. Most of the time, after you click that link for that ad, uh, what they're going to do is change your Facebook password, turn on all the security steps so that this way you aren't able to get back into your Facebook account. And then they're going to start trying to scam all of your family members and friends and anybody else who may be associated with your account. So you see that naked picket. I know it's going to be tempting. Just don't click. All right. Do me a solid and be sure you tell three friends about the Kim Commando show and also the Kim Commando Today podcast because everyone needs more tech smarts. You can find me always at commando.com. 
This program is a copyrighted production of Westar Multimedia Entertainment and protected by the copyright laws. Any rebroadcast or use of this program for commercial, business, economic, or financial purposes without the written permission of Westar Multimedia Entertainment is strictly prohibited. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. You know you Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. 